And that's really what I'm looking at right now is what is my opportunity? What's going to do, what's it going to do to my cash flow? What's my risk adjusted return? And then also is there value that I can add? Can I add value to the property to make it worth more than what I have into it? If I, if it checks all those boxes, then I think it's a wise decision to sell even when the market's trending upward. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota. And they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospects. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Hump Day Hustle, the show where we focus on business and real estate as our core pillars of wealth creation. My name is John Stiles with Bridge Realty, and I'm excited for another great episode and today we're going to be talking about deciding when it's the right time to sell your building. So with me, of course, today is our host, Todd Dexheimer. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you? Doing wonderful. Uh, can't believe the summer is getting close to over. Nah, we're not even close. We've got a long ways to go. We've got like a month to go. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't want to cut it too short. But yeah, yeah, we're trying to squeeze it in, squeeze all the uh, enjoyment of this warm weather as well we can. So yeah, definitely cool. Yeah, um, well, things are going good here uh, right now. I'm kind of going through a couple things. I'm really just trying to uh, do some focusing on you know the real estate market's really hot. I'm not in a position. I'm in a good position where I don't have to buy any real estate. I, I'm not forced to purchase, which I think we're seeing that people are. I think there's a lot of people that are, and I think that's dangerous. And, and I say that because I think the, there's a lot of people out there in the syndication. This could be a whole episode, by the way. There's a lot of people out there that are just, they're, they're doing it to take the fees, right? That they, they need to get a deal done. They need fees. And uh, so they're overpaying for buildings. And, I, and I'm just not willing to do that. Uh, and the good thing is I don't need to do that. Um, but at the same time, with that said, I'm looking at other opportunities to expand and grow my business. So right now, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to create some, uh, different kind of values and, and to see where I really want to expand. And, and I've, I've really narrowed it down. And, and so I'm really focusing on those and what I need to do in order to, build. It's mainly the education part of my business. Not only this podcast, but some mastermind stuff, some group coaching, some coaching. Um, just really be able to expand that education part of my business and see where I can take that. I, I really enjoy it. My background was teaching. And uh, and so we're kind of at, I'm kind of at that point where I'd really like to look at, okay, where can I grow that part of the business? Uh, as well as continue, of course, to focus on the multifamily. And focus on the real estate acquisitions. I, I'd never want to uh, 
stop buying that. Uh, however, I want to be careful and make sure I buy what's right for my company and not just force acquisitions. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at uh, right now and, and just trying to go through and enjoy the process and, and really focus on being intentional about building the right business and building businesses that add a lot of value. That's the other thing I've been looking at is what kind of value am I adding? I want to make sure with whatever I do, whether it's my multifamily, purchasing a multifamily, purchasing any kind of commercial, that I'm actually adding true value to people. Um, and same thing with any, um, any of my other businesses that I, I go about. I want to make sure that the true value is being added and it's not just about the dollar that I'm chasing. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot packed into right there. Um, but I think that's really important that you're not chasing down deals just for the sake of it. Um, so many people I think are feeling kind of pressure that they got to get a deal done. Yeah. Uh, and it's like we've talked about in the past, it's important to take action, but not to the detriment of your investors and your, and the deal itself. So. Yep. Yeah. When you're in a position where you feel like you have to take action, that's when you start, in my opinion, start making mistakes uh, where you have to get a deal done and people start to overpay. They, they are, looser on their underwriting and, and just not really as particular about what they're purchasing. And then they just get deals done and, you know, they got that nice acquisition fee, which is great, but can you perform? You know, what happens if the economy does shift? Uh, are you just going to blame it on the economy or are you going to take responsibility that it was actually your fault that you overpaid for the property and that you weren't conservative about it? Cause quite frankly, when the economy shifts, a lot of people are going to lose their properties and there's going to be two types of people. The, the, there's going to be the people that, uh, well, there's going to be three types. There's going to be one, the, the owners that don't lose their properties because they were paying attention to what they were doing. They're being conservative. They weren't overstretching. And there's going to be two people, two types of people that lose their properties. There's going to be those who take responsibility and say, look, this is on me. It was my fault. Um, I can see exactly what I did. And you know, we maybe managed it wrong or we purchased it wrong or whatever. Uh, and then there's going to be the others that say, well, it was just the economy. Uh, there's nothing I could have done about it. And, uh, you know, that, that's what it is. And you'll, you'll find out who people are, uh, during that. And I just don't want to be that guy that's going to blame the economy. It's not, that's not who I am. So, um, well, let's move on to today's topic. And that leads us to kind of today's topic is selling. Yeah. So we want to know when is the right time to sell? If you've had a property for a year, five years, 10 years, you know, you, um, there's a lot of different factors to consider. Um, so sometimes we've planned, you know, purchase the building intentionally to plan to sell it right in this coming month or year or so. And sometimes we weren't planning ahead of time to sell it, but just looking at how things are unfolding, we're asking ourselves that question. Is it time to sell? So John, well, well you, you're a, a real estate uh, agent, I guess I am too, but not, not as active as you are. Um, when you're looking at talking with sellers, what are some of the reasons that you find that sellers are wanting to sell? Yeah, for me, I think it's mostly a situational change. So maybe uh, a couple people 
are looking to reinvest elsewhere and they need the funds from that property and they're and it's maybe their least liked property or maybe it's you know something else and they just want to transition into either a bigger property or a different type of property different location so that i would say that situational change is one of the larger reasons um, another reason might be they're getting either close to retirement or running into some sort of health issues where they just need to refocus more onto personal matters rather than the, their business. So I'd say that would be a, a large second reason that a lot of people decide to sell. Okay. So uh, let's focus on the, the intentional one um, because obviously the other one is more like just circumstance. Um, so let's focus on the intentional one. And that is your, you want to sell your building because of opportunity, basically, because you feel like there's certain things. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the market. The market has gotten really priced high and you go, Hey, I've got a ton of equity sitting here. Um, I would like to sell and potentially do something else with that money. Or maybe you're just going to keep that money. Um, and you know, have, have some of that profit sit into different type of investment stocks or whatever you want to put it in. Um, or you're going to 1031 exchange it and you're going to reinvest it into another type of opportunity. So we got to look at, okay, well, what is our opportunity that we can put it into? And is it outweigh the current uh, property that we have. The reason I wanted to bring this topic up, for first of all, is because I'm thinking about this quite a bit right now. I've got a portfolio of properties that I personally own. Um, well, they're all LLCs, but either way, uh, that I own and they're just mine. Nobody else has any decision making on them. So I'm going, okay, well, I got these properties and and Quite frankly, a lot of them I've just never really had any intention of selling. I bought them back in you know, 2008, 9, 10, maybe even 11. And I, I thought, well, I'll just keep these things and pay off the mortgage eventually. And I'll have uh, you know, about 40, 50 units paid off free and clear in, in 20 years. That'd be pretty nice. So, but then... I'm looking now and going, well, I got some debt equity. And this came up actually a few weeks ago. I was at a meetup and somebody asked if anybody's got a property in a specific neighborhood. And I ended up having a property in that neighborhood. And I thought, well, I wonder if I did sell this to this guy, what that would do. Like, what would I do with that capital and how much capital would I have? And when I got to thinking of it, I'm like, oh, wow, that there's a good amount of capital there. And as I'm looking, I'm thinking, well, you know, if I did that, I would need to replace this capital with something that can do quite a bit more. So that conversation started coming up in my head and, and I still need to kind of write things down and, and really figure it out. But what, in my opinion, what you have to look at is how much money are you making right now? How much money can you make on that new building or buildings? And you know, where the difference is and is it worth it, right? There's new risk with a new building. Um, so is there value add for one? Um, and is that risk a large risk or a small risk? So what I want to do is I've got 
these buildings, they run like clockwork, right? They, they don't take any, any effort. I, so what I don't want to do is take and sell these and purchase something that's a complete headache that has a high risk of potentially making less income than my current properties. That's the last thing I want to do because I'm busy doing other things. So I want to take and purchase something that has a little, maybe a little bit of work to do on it. Maybe some value that I can add, but I don't want to purchase a complete headache with a big risk factor. Um, so that's kind of where I am in looking at things and uh, wanting to 1031. So uh, that's how this whole conversation or this whole idea uh, today came up. What are, what are your thoughts, John? Um, I guess I kind of just rambled on, but why don't you, why don't you uh, move us in, an, in another direction? Why? Let me just, let me just respond to that, Todd. Yeah. And, you know, related to kind of tapping into your equity, you know, you have maybe at least one, if not two other options in order to do that. Yeah. So obviously you can sell it and get the full equity or you could refinance it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously that doesn't help me as an agent or not that, you know, or in general, but, you know, help us kind of discuss what, why would you, um, you know, factor out, why would you uh, sell it versus refinancing and just taking out a portion of the equity? Yeah, good question. And, and, and there's a couple different reasons. Uh, let me speak specifically to some of my buildings that I would look at selling. Um, these are duplexes, single families. Um, I've got some triplexes, fourplexes. So it would be a, a one or two of these types of buildings, depending on what I purchase. Um, or maybe even three or four. Um, so I could refinance, you're right. But if I refinance, what I have to look at is cash flow, right? When I refinance, if I pull a ton of money out, what does that do to my cash flow? Does it really make my cash flow suffer? Um, I'm also starting the mortgage, the, the amortization table over again. Unless I go, you know, like right now I've got loans that have, I've got some loans that have like 16, 17 years left. You know, if I, if I start over again, well, I could do, I could do it where it's a 15 year or a 20 year, but then my payments are a lot higher. My cash flow goes down. So if I go back to 25 year, uh, well, then I start the table over again. So there's that. And, uh, and like I said, I think the biggest thing right now is cash flow, right? Is I go, well, sure, this property might be worth, like I've got a duplex, it's probably worth $350,000. Well, if I do a loan, 80% loan to value. Great. However, if I do that, my cash flow goes from being a nice cash flow to what I would call fairly high risk cash flow, where I'm getting very little return on now my new loan amount. Um, so, so that's something you really have to look at is how much are you leveraging and loan to value can be very deceiving in my opinion, when we're looking at especially single family and duplexes where a lot of times they're not appraised based on the income they're appraised based on, you know, the emotion uh, and what other people are willing to pay for. So we go, Oh yeah, I got this thing at 75 or 80% loan to value, but would you ever have purchased it and put a loan on it at that amount? Probably not. 
So, so there's that. The other thing is um, you're able to, to get all the equity out. And if you can do it right, you're able to 1031 that tax-free. So let's just say if I refinanced a building, let's just call a, hypo, a hypothetical building. If I refinanced, I could maybe pull out $75,000. But if I sold it, I could pull out $100,000. So I'm now instead of needing to refinance let's call it three buildings. I only have to refinance or only have to sell two buildings. So. Yeah, that's good. I guess another um, option that you might have um, is this wouldn't help you achieve getting a new purchase. So if you're really after that new opportunity, this isn't the solution, but obviously the, the third opportunity is selling in the property on a contract for deed where you get, um, you know, you get that current market value and you get reoccurring payments. Um, you know, that's just an, another option that's out there. We've discussed that before too. Yeah. And I think that works really well for a couple of different types of people. I think it works really well for somebody who's desperate for one, um, if they need to get their money, but it works really well for people who are kind of in that second boat where you said they're, they're either checking out cause they're retiring uh, maybe they've got some medical issues, maybe whatever, uh, maybe it was a, an estate and they got it. Uh, and they don't necessarily need a hundred or 500 or a million dollars or whatever that sale proceeds are going to be, but they're happy to get a thousand bucks a month in income without having any headache of dealing with the property. So I think that is probably the number one reason for seller financing. Number two would be, um, probably because you're desperate and you need to figure out how to sell this thing as quickly as possible. And again, you, you would, you don't need the lump sum. Yeah. And when you say you're desperate, maybe it wouldn't, maybe that particular property wouldn't sell otherwise yeah. for a traditional mortgage and right. or that type of thing. doesn't qualify for financing for whatever reason it's not occupied or it's, 20% occupied or whatever it might be, but it's a complete disaster or whatever it is. I mean, I've bought property seller financing and most of the times I've bought it or two, I've bought three seller financing. Two of the three, it's been because they weren't really financeable buildings. Uh, the other one was because the guy was retiring and just wanted to be able to spend some more time with his family. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments, hit their bank account each and every month. Stop eroding your wealth and start building it by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in the history invest in loans backed by real estate. 
Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com. I want to invite you to join us at the North Star Real Estate Conference. This conference is September 20 and 21st in Minneapolis, and it's going to be packed full of a ton of great speakers. We've got uh, just a, a great group of people speaking. You can look at our lineup on our website, nreconference.com, and sign up there as well. We've got an early bird special. All you need to do is type in early bird, one word, and uh, you can get $100 off. And that's good through August 10th. So make sure you sign up now. Take action. Look, people that take action and value their education are those who are going to succeed. I know there's a lot of free content. My podcast is free. There's all kinds of free content out there, maybe even free meetups that you're attending. But this conference is going to blow your socks off. This is going to be well worth the price. And all the profits go to charity. So it's definitely time to take action. Sign up now. Don't delay because the prices will go up. Um, but you know what? Every time I attend a conference, I 10x. Actually, I would say I more like a thousand X even my investment, a hundred, a thousand, potentially even more X my investment. I've met so many fantastic people. I've met investors at conferences. I've met potential partners at conference. I've joined mastermind groups because of conferences. So it's a ton of value. You cannot replace it. So check it out. NREconference.com. Thanks a lot. So yeah, let's focus back in now of just deciding if now is the right time to sell. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things too, John, is you got to go, well, what do I do with this property? Right. And so with you being a, an agent, what are some of the options? What do we do with the property? Do we sell it as is? Should we fix it up? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, well, in today's market, most of the time you can sell it as is, you know, there's so many buyers out there that are just chomping at the bit to get something as we've discussed. And um, so the, I mean, depending on, you know, we, we really have to look at the specifics of the property, how, what is the condition? Um, and are there some obvious and simple things that you can do that would really um, increase the value quite a bit? So, you know, versus something that might be difficult and wouldn't has have as high of a return on the on the sale right away. Yeah. So, like, can we come in and maybe do a little bit of landscaping? Maybe do a little painting. Uh, maybe dress up. You know, the outside or some of the hallways or just some minor things. Um, and basically, put a little bit of lipstick on the pig. Uh, that'll help sell. And I'm not telling people to hide things, but, but if you just dress it up a little bit, like you said, that can, that can make it look a lot better where somebody's going to look beyond, you know, maybe the outdated cabinets and maybe the outdated flooring and stuff like that, where they go, Oh, this, you know, looks nice on first impression. So they're okay with it. Right. It's really amazing how far paint can go. I mean, if your property the, the walls are dirty, you know, smudged with fingerprints and maybe places where the paint's peeling or chipping. 
you know, that is just going to cast the rest of your building in really poor light. Even if, say you've got a brand new roof. Oh, look at my brand new roof or my brand new appliances. Yeah, but when you walk in, the look place doesn't look great. So, yeah, paint and paint is one of those things that can go really far and it's not, you know, not very expensive. Yeah, probably the easiest thing to do as well. I mean, it, you know, like you said, it's not very expensive. It's easy. It's quick. You can paint. Um, if you, even if, if you hire it out, you can paint a whole house within a week or, or a lot of times a lot less than that. So, um, one of the buildings, so I'm, I, I'm, I am looking at selling, like I said, a couple of my buildings, uh, potentially. And I, I did look at a, a building just today and it's a tired office, uh, building, which I've never purchased an office building. So it's just a little different of a, of an animal, but that was, that was just a, a big portion of that was just paint. Like it just needs some paint. You know, it's got these old ugly doors that are, you know, just tired uh, and trim and walls. And it's just like, you just need something to clean these things up to make them look a lot better. Uh, the entrance is just old and tired. And you now we would do other things like some tile work and some lighting and stuff like that. But the paint is going to be something that'll go a long, long ways and really help clean the place up. Yeah. So as for the property owner making their decision, should they sell it as is, or should they put some money and effort into this? It, it probably comes down to the timing because for office buildings, for example, that poor uh, condition, it's, it's going to actually take a little bit more than just painting it because it's going to take painting it and then getting the rents up to reflect that new better condition. I don't know if this was a vacant building or if it was partially occupied or whatnot, but my guess is if it looks poor, then the rents, the office income rents are probably not what they could be. Yeah. And I think a lot of people uh, will make the mistake thinking, you know, especially in like the office space or the commercial space, not the residential space as much, but the commercial space will think, well, the, the new tenant will do the build up. The new tenant will do the improvements. The new tenant will paint and do all that kind of stuff. Well, that's fine because tenants will, but if it looks like crap, a lot of tenants won't even look at it. They don't have that imagination. And if the hallways look like crap, well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, do you, if you're a, a, you know, a business that if you're doing good business, do you want to bring your clients into this old, tired, ugly office building that just is kind of, you know, the, the lights weren't great. The bathroom's old and outdated, the entrance, all that kind of stuff. Do you want to bring your, you know, your clients into that? No, they're going to probably not think you're successful, even though it has nothing to do with you, but they probably will think, well, it, you know, it just, it just kind of looks bad upon you. So I think a lot of business owners, they just don't want to be in that type of environment and they don't feel comfortable in there either. They don't, they go, I don't want to go into this place every, it smells musty and it, you know, it looks like it's from 19, you know, 70 or 80. Why do I want to spend my day in here? Right. So, you know, as a value add opportunity, you know, and with some time, because it will take 
not long to paint it and get it looking nice, but then you have to turn over, get new tenants or increase the rent on the tenants you have um, to then, you know, increase the value of the building. Yep. So as a seller, um, for, for me, as, as a seller in that instance, and in that building that we're talking about in particular, it would make more sense to actually do some of those things. It would make more sense to get the building as close to 100% occupied as possible and then sell it. Now, of course, you might not be in that situation. You might not have the capital to do that. You might not have the resources to do that or just the time to do that. Uh, but if that was your option, that would be the best option. Now, if I had that same exact building and it was 100% occupied, uh, rents were decent, maybe there was some room for improvement, and I wanted a 1031 exchange and, and sell that building, that might be an opportunity where I go, okay, I'm just going to paint some of the hallways, do some things in the common areas, and then boom, I'm going to sell it and leave a little bean on the bone for the next person. But I'm going to optimize my value where uh, this, in this particular case, I don't know the motivation of the seller, but they haven't done those repairs. Right. Yeah, so uh, probably a third um, consideration that we haven't really dived into, dove into, is it dived or dove? Dove. Anyway, dove into. It's just the, where we're at in the market cycle, right? So we all, we've talked about this many times is that we feel like we're higher, we're closer to the top than we are the bottom. And so is that in and of itself a reason to sell? Well, the, uh, in my opinion, the answer is yes and no, right? So yes, if you're going to take your chips off the table and you're going to keep some of that cash, maybe put into, uh, you know, a, what's called bonds or some safer investments, or you're going to keep capital ready to deploy, um, then it's okay. Then I think that's fine. Now, I think you'd be a, a fool to sell everything, but some people do. And I can't blame them for it because, you know, it's not like they're going to lose doing that. Now they might lose out on a lot of opportunity, but they're not losing money. Um, so, so that's okay. But you know, if you're going to sell because the market's high and you're going to 1031 to buy, well, then again, you've got to really look, what is your opportunity to buy? What's the value? Can you create some value? And that's really what I'm looking at right now is what is my opportunity? What's going to do, what's it going to do to my cash flow? What's my risk adjusted return? And then also, is there value that I can add? Can I add value to the property to make it worth more than what I have into it? If, I, if it checks all those boxes, then I think it's a wise decision to sell even when the market's trending upward. Yep. And so obviously, so the, where we're at in the market cycle shouldn't be our main reason for buying or selling. It obviously plays a role, but there's got to be some other situational things and, and positioning yourself so that you're taking advantage of that instead of being taken advantage of the cycle. Yeah, I think it's hard to predict where we are in the cycle, honestly. I mean, how are you going to predict that? A lot of people do. I've been hearing people for the last four or five years talk about we're, you know, we're in the ninth inning. 
We've been in the ninth inning for four to five years. Well, I mean, you know, obviously eventually it is going to be the ninth inning, but when people are telling you it's time to sell because the market's going to crash, well, how do you know? And how do they know? You know, the, the, the sign is not pointing towards it, in my opinion. Um, but things can change quickly. So as long as you're following the, the fundamentals of real estate, where you bu- you're buying right, you're buying in good locations, you've got ample cash reserves, uh, you've got good cash flow, and you've got good financing, you're going to be fine. And, and it's then that is the time to buy it. If you can check those boxes off. Yep. And so then when you're considering selling and, and you still want your cash flow to stay high, you want to be making sure that you're, you have an opportunity to go into that is as good or at least, or probably even better than what you're in now. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, it kind of depends. Again, it depends on where you are, right? In your career. I mean, some people just go, look, I'm, I don't want to put as much effort into it. Well, if that's the case, if you go, I got, you know, for me, I've got, you know, whatever it is, 50, you know, one to four family properties. Well, if I said I'm done with these one to four family properties because they're too much work, uh, would it be okay for me to go and purchase a triple net lease because I don't want to deal with that that work? Well, yeah, maybe if that's where I was in my investment portfolio, investment career, I don't want that. That doesn't work for me, but it does work for some people. So it might not be that you need to add that value. It might just be that you want to have a good, stable, secure cash flow that's very hands-off, turnkey property. So we're going to buy that Walgreens. We're going to buy that, you know, office building that's already been renovated or multifamily that's already been done. And we're just going to cash flow and run it and let it be. And we don't care that we can add a ton of value. We just want it to be a good, nice, clean cash flowing building. And that's okay to do as well. Yep. Yeah. So you just got to figure out what's best for you as a seller, where you want to go with your money. Um, do you want to keep that money for the rainy day, um, which is a strategy, but you're going to have to pay taxes on it, of course. Or do you want to take in 1031 into a new opportunity, whether that be a value add opportunity or whether that be just a uh, turnkey, you know, cash flow opportunity? Yep, very good. And, you know, just related to this, I think I would add in we need to expect that we're going to run into personal issues in the future that would, um, you know, because everybody has it. Either there's a death in the family, there's medical issues there's different situations that come up and we need to take advantage of the time we have now where we're healthy where we're uh, growing to really make sure we're managing these properties well so that whether it's ourselves or our family members they're not put into a really bad position to have to sell um, in because of some situation that comes up yep yep absolutely 100 percent agree um well cool that's all I got, John. All right. Take us through a wrap. Very good. Yep. Well, we appreciate everybody who is listening and watching to the show here. And we really like it when you participate. So go ahead and scroll down on that YouTube video, comment below, 
Let us know if you think it's the right time to sell right now or what considerations you'd put in that we haven't really discussed here. Um, you can go ahead and comment on our Facebook page as well, Pillars of Wealth Creation, and we'd uh, love your rating and review on iTunes. We need to get some music on your rap and you just need to rap it. Oh, I think that'd be really cool. I think our listeners would like that. I'll work on that. If the listeners want to hear John Styles rap, just go onto our Facebook page and comment, rap, John, rap. All right, John. Well, uh, appreciate the conversation and you make every day a Saturday, man. You too. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business, and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.